just thought of kings Better than running ring That's why we're here to sing Football Sunday in the snow With a leaf whistle blows Weekend warriors toe to toe Football 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 Yes, people, welcome to another edition of North London 40. Woo! My name is James Hamlin. My name is Inyo Benigo. The Super Bowl has been decided, people. We have Harbowl 1. 1. The first one. So does that mean it's going to end in a draw, like Rocky 1? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens will be going head-to-head... Super Bowl XLV in New Orleans, February the 3rd. We're going to be talking about how the teams got there. We're also going to be talking about how you can watch the game from your sofa. How you can watch the game off of your sofa. In London, some great places showing the Super Bowl. We'll be talking about all those. How you can get access to the biggest sporting event in the world, the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. 17 weeks of the regular season, three weeks of the playoffs, 32 teams, bags of incident. We are now down to two teams. Are they the two best teams? They deserve to be there? Yeah. They won. They won the games. James, let's not forget about the simplicity of the sport. You win the games, you get to the final. Yes, you do. We've got a couple of guests on the podcast later on today from NFL in London. We've got Ryan Carl, we've got Wade McElwain who are going to be helping us break down what happens in the game. They've been giving us their predictions for the Super Bowl as well. So we're going to be talking to those guys a little bit later about what happened in the games last night. But what you had was the 49ers went 17 points down in Atlanta. Incredible crowd noise. Came back with a superlative second half performance. Colin Kaepernick on the back of a brilliant performance last week running the football, Mm -hmm. was brilliant passing the football. Atlanta didn't adjust in the second half. The better coach team won this game. Definitely. I I like to believe in the curse of two chains, but that's making it a little bit too simplistic. I think James describes it perfectly. Atlanta cannot find a way to close games. Just like last week, they almost threw it away against the, the Seahawks. This week, they did throw it away throw it away against the 49ers. There was no run game from them. Jacquees Rogers was not as good as we thought he was going to be in this game. And, um, and yeah, congrats to the 49ers. Congrats to the Yay area. And AKA Frank. Of course. Shout out to AKA Frank, E40, Issue, and all those guys out Troopy. in the... Yeah, all those guys out in the Bay Area. Great win for the Niners. Niners haven't been to a Super Bowl in 18 years. Mm-hmm. This will be their sixth Super Bowl. They have won the last five. Lots of UK NFL Niners fans out there extremely excited about it. Hashtag Quest for Six. Quest for Six, that's been blowing up all week. Extremely impressive team. They almost got their last season, lost in the NFC Championship game to Eli. And the Giants, a team that everybody liked, and they made the adjustments. The X-Factor addition of Colin Kaepernick was absolutely huge. The increased production of... Michael Crabtree, he became a factor. Randy Moss has contributed also. Just an excellently coached team. Like Michael James was a great addition. Mm-hmm. The defense, 
great last year again. Not as talked about because of the powers of the offense. Made the big decision to bench Alex Smith. And also, they didn't really divide the team. True. He kept his mouth shut. He didn't really, he didn't turn it into a negative force around the team. He was very positive about it, as positive as he could be, I guess, and he'll be playing for another team next season. But hard to see any holes with this team. And they really deserve to be there in the NFC. Do you know who really made a difference in this game? And he's going to be unsung. Vernon Davis. Very much so. Hasn't really been talked about in the last couple of weeks and was very humble about it again. Didn't make any negative moves. He was huge in this game. When they were down, he was huge. Five receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Some slightly suspects covering of Vernon Davis throughout this game for sure. But again, it showed a great team that are able to have... A great team has multiple options. Mm -hmm. Frank Gore was very useful in this game. 21 carries, 90 yards, and two TDs. Kaepernick, again, used as a thrower, not so much as a runner. Mm Mm-hmm. Defense forced turnovers when they had to. A team that is, it's hard to see weaknesses. They can hit you all over the field. Last week we, we talked about how the 49ers played the read option perfectly. We saw Kaepernick running, just just amazing play. And this week we saw the other facet of the read option is the ability to decide whether you want the quarterback to run or the running back to run. And you can see on at least two of those Frank Gore touchdowns, they made the right decision. And Lana did a great job of keeping the play within the tackles, keeping the runner, sorry, within the tackles. Frank Gord found those holes and just waltzed in for touchdowns. Yes, he did. Heartbreak for the Falcons fans. Heartbreak for two chains. Mm-hmm. Big boy. All you Falcons fans out there. Usher. Usher. He was there as part of the NFL coverage. He was breaking bread with Michael Strahan. We saw that. So heartbreak for them and... Does Tony Gonzalez come back next year? We shall see. If they pay him enough, he probably will. Mm-hmm. We shall see for this team. But I think this team needs to go away and add some extra X-Factor options. They added Julio Jones. He was an X-Factor in this game. He definitely was. He was fantastic in the first half. But they maybe need some others. Maybe some more exciting backs in the backfield. Maybe some other upgrades in the defense as well. James. Is there any other sport in the world that you can go out and acquire a player just to specifically get you into the final game, let's say? Well, you could potentially say that Manchester United did that this year with Robin Van Persie. You could, yeah, I guess so. An acquisition that is potentially going to win them the title versus their competition. Mm-hmm. So you can. I think it's more difficult in a salary cap sport like the NFL. But I think the Niners, and we'll get onto the Ravens in a sec, you're talking about players that can change the way that the game is played by their team. Yeah. One-dimensional teams aren't as successful as they used to be because coaches are wiser, schemes are more sophisticated. So... Extra players that can add something a little bit different to your team, change your game plan. They are the sort of players that teams that haven't quite made it to the dance this season. Green Bay, for example, excellent teams. New England, again, we'll talk about them. They had them, but they had some injuries there. So, yeah, those are the sort of players that are really making a difference, and we've seen that in Kaepernick. They're going to face the Ravens. John is going to face Jim. That's going to be the story for the next two weeks. For sure, anybody has any bloodline relation to the Harbors in any way, (laughs) now is your chance to get yourself a bit of shine because you're going to be talked about in the UK. It's a great story. Two brothers going head-to-head in the biggest 
sporting one-off match in the world. It's fantastic. And a lot of people want to talk about it. But the Ravens, we've got to give them their shine. They were serious underdogs against the new incarnation of America's team, the New England Patriots. Yep. Everybody liked the Patriots. They couldn't really see them losing this one to the Ravens. People forgot the performance that Joe Flacco and the Ravens had put in last week, and they forgot about Ray Lewis. The Ravens won this, and won this comfortably by 15 points. Fantastic. I'm, I'm going to put this out there and say that this game was the, the maturation of Joe Flacco. The, the doubters are gone. The people that did not believe now believe. Because he had an excellent game. It wasn't like he had a game like Colin Kaepernick did last week. It wasn't, he, it wasn't a flashy game. It wasn't a game that you would necessarily look to him as the leader of the team. But I think he honestly was. The Baltimore Dean, Ray Lewis, that's going to be the story. That's going to be the narrative that everyone's talking about. I'm going to whisper this quietly. The D is not exactly that great. They did a great job against New England, but I honestly think New England was not clicking in this game. I think that Brady did not have one of his better games. The drops by Wes Welker that really would have put away this game. And to be honest, I'm not sure whether if you're New England, you give him the money at the end of the season. Look, we've spoken about this before, and we've spoken to this about Mike Carlson a few weeks ago, and he had a great point of view on it. I think, look... We take for granted how great Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are. And over the years, how great they've been in these big games. Now, they've not been in the Super Bowl. They've not won a Super Bowl since 04. Mm-hmm. And there starts to be a few chinks in the armor. But look, there was a couple of key plays in this game. Brady didn't quite come through, and that was a surprise to everybody. But look, you know, let's put it in a perspective. The New England Patriots didn't have their best offensive player outside of Brady, who is Rob Gronkowski. If you look at any of the teams, you look at, so for example, San Francisco without Vernon Davis, do they win that game? He was a big factor in that game. Maybe they don't. Rob Gronkowski was a huge miss for them. Now, normally, Brady has just stepped up and said, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I can hit these other players. Shane Vereen was a big factor in last week's, X factor in last week's game. Not a factor at all. Mm-hmm. Ridley's been strong. He fumbled on a ridiculous hit. We have to mention oh the days. Patriot killer, Whew. Bernard Pollard. He was the one name that Patriots fans did not want to hear all week. And in case you <laughs> don't know, Bernard Pollard has a very coloured history against mm-hmm. the New England Patriots when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs also. So a few seasons back, he did the hit on Tom Brady that ended Tom Brady's season. Took his knee out. He was done for the year. Last season, he did a hit on Rob Gronkowski. Took Rob Gronkowski out for the Super Bowl. He did that as well. He has history. He laid the smackdown on Stephen Ridley. Ridley did a James Brown split. He did. Caused the fumble. Massive play for the Ravens. They got the ball back. That was huge in the game. Mm -hmm. Brady had a couple of key chances to win it for the Patriots. He had a run on fourth down. He could have made. He didn't choose to do it. He got tackled by a referee. He did. But his weapons were Wes Welker didn't have a great game, as you say. Brandon Lloyd, not been a great addition, not done what they wanted him to do for the Patriots this season. Again, Hernandez didn't fill the Rob Gronkowski role as much. So, look, tough loss for the Patriots, but I don't think they really lost it. Joe Flacco and the Ravens went in there and took it. I agree, but I will say this. 
The Patriots all season have been, well, not all season, but at least half of the season they played without Gronkowski, and they figured out a way to win. So for him being re-injured last week, you, you'd, you'd think that they'd find a way to win. To me, they had a good good enough first half, but they just did not, they did not show up in the second half at all, getting outscored 21 to zip. We're going to break down some more about the game in a bit where the NFL in London guys are going to come on. But all in all, fantastic night last night. We were out and about. We were at the number one sports bar watching the second game, which was great. Um, shout out to everybody that was down there. Yep. Um, Adam Goldstein, Mike Carlson was in effect. Danny De La Vega was there. The TM Football guys were there as well. Good to see everybody out. That was great. We also went to the NFL in London party prior to that. That was a great bash as well over on the other side of London. Lots of people out and about braving the snow, checking out live American football in a friendly environment uh, across the city. So that was absolutely brilliant. Also on the event sides, in and myself, an excellent event was put on by the NFL on Saturday late morning-ish yes. at the Landmark Hotel. Daryl Moose Johnson, who a lot of you would have seen commentating on the game on Sky Sports yesterday, did a Q&A at the Landmark Hotel. Mm-hmm. With the NFL, we were down there. Great event. Really, really good event. Really enjoyed it. Uh, some people were disappointed that we didn't get to see a Ray Lewis of sport in life, but I, I particularly enjoyed the um, the the Green Bay of football life. Yeah, it's a good one. Really, really good one. But the uh, the Q and A was great. Some really great questions. Great to see some people out there rocking their NFL apparel. Good to see and Goldstein down there as well. It was it was really, 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 really good fun. It was, and I think, look, the NFL wants to go out to fans and, and wants to get people together. And, you know, we had some real fun. There's a lot of Bears fans down there yeah. getting together, wearing their team colours. And, you know, shout to all you Bears fans out there. You seem to like Mark Trestman, so, yeah, it's a relief from his perspective. So that, so that was all good. <laughs> He's got the yeah, okay. He's good now. He, he has, and, you know, lots lots of fun. And for us, it, it's great to meet other fans on that level. And for you to be that close to somebody of the profile, three-time Super Bowl winner of Daryl Johnston and get to have your photos taken with him and get to hear... Firm handshake. You know, it's a really, really good thing. So I know those events went around the country the last few weeks with Mark Brunel and Neil Reynolds um, going out there, meeting people. Really, really fun. And I think that, look, the Jaguars are going to want to get much closer to... NFL fans as they come here for the next four years so hopefully we can expect other events like that mm-hmm. going out in the community and you know come out come out for these events you know you might meet some friends yeah. you know, might meet some friends or friends of your team or you know meet other people people that you only know on Twitter get to see them on, on, on the flesh you know this is not this is a small and growing community we have of fans and you know it's a really really good, good thing that's for sure in terms of other news and we have to talk about this you know it's very rare that a story in Super Bowl week can upstage the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This kind of did, in a way, in the, in the days Think leading up to it. Has there ever been a week le- leading up to, to to the championship games that the games were not the most talked about media story in the NFL leading up to it? Potentially not. Not quite an NFL story yet because he isn't an NFL player. True. If you haven't seen this story about Notre Dame senior linebacker Mante Teo, where have you been all week? This was in the British media. Mm-hmm. It's quite widespread. Huge story. And we've covered him on the pod extensively. But in case you haven't seen it, Deadspin exposed the article. The Mante Teo brand, and again, we'll recap in case you don't know. Mante Teo, linebacker of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. His brand and the ascendancy of the Fighting Irish throughout the season was built around partially a story of his grandmother dying and also his girlfriend dying Mm. in the same week. 
added to the brand, and there's footage out there. Brian Kelly giving a game ball to his dead girlfriend after the Michigan State game. Adds to it, adds to the persona. Lots to talk about in the build-up to the Heisman Trophy, in the build-up to the multiple awards that Mante Teo won as a linebacker and going into the draft as a highly touted prospect. Yep. Dead spin. This week, exposed the story. Wasn't true. With the headline, Blarney. That was a touch that a lot of people missed, but yeah, it, it wasn't true. The Deadspin article is huge, but you really should take an opportunity to read it because it exposes things in a tabloidy kind of way. So, yeah. you know, they're taking an opportunity. This is a story that was built for Deadspin, for mm. absolute sure. He did an interview with ESPN's Jeremy Schapp for the first time this week where he broke down his events of what have basically happened and he has his first television interview scheduled this week. But look... We're just at the start of this story. Lots, lots more is going to come out. But the crux of it is this. This is a kid, young college kid, who has basically been catfished. Yep. And look, lots of people looking into it is there was a hoax. He's been hoaxed by a couple of people who have created a mythical person online, mm-hmm. of which he has then created a relationship with them, mm-hmm. which then spiraled in the media. And this was a guy, look, he was a linebacker for the, for the Fighting Irish, and of course, everything they're going to do is a big story, yeah. but it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And look, there's going to be people that look at it and say, well, look, he should have raised his hand earlier, and he's been perpetrating the lie for the last couple of weeks and stuff. Look... This is a guy that exactly when he found out about the hoax, it's hard to say. But yeah. in terms of him constructing the hoax, as some theories are out there, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I think that as weird as it is to say, I think that sadly this is a person that was duped. And in this internet age that we live in, that there are people out there that will say that they love people that they've never met before or never physically touched or any of these things. The 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 hoax itself was incredibly elaborate. It was more than just being a Twitter thing, more than just being emails. It was conversations on the phone that they him and whoever this person purporting to be Lene Kakua had hours talking. The whole bit with her having leukemia as well. The, car crash everything is just it it's it, it's it's incredible to think that this can happen personally i feel that this is something that was done to embarrass him with the intention of blackmailing him in the future i just think that it spiraled out a little bit too soon for them if they had it for two weeks maybe a little bit later after he'd been signed they could have made their money off him Potentially, and I think, look, I don't think America's going to let this one go because I think anything involving Notre Dame and yeah. involving the tugging on people's heartstrings that people have done so far, you know, there's something in there. Yeah. You know, how much did it contribute to Notre Dame's, you know, how much money did Notre Dame make off the back of this, yeah. right? And, and, you know, through selling extra jerseys through their championship run and how much did that potentially sway voters and stuff. We, we shall see, but extremely sad story. What's going to happen to the perpetrators of this, of this particular hoax? Not really sure, mm-hmm. because, you know, again, it opens up a bit of a Pandora's box to say, well, look, you know, creating fake personas online and saying stuff, you know, is that kind of illegal or is yeah. it not? I'm not really sure that it is. So, yeah. so Renee Tuasasopo, who has allegedly been linked to this, mm-hmm. comes from a NFL family. Yeah. 
Some of you will remember Raiders fans, remember Marquez Tuatasopo, uh, Huskies QB, played at the Raiders, so he comes from some NFL heritage and family, so interested to see if his, his name re- remains to be connected to the story and what happens, but extremely sad, but I think, look, everyone has to move on. Mante Teo will be entering the NFL. What mm. this has done to his draft stock, we shall see. Yeah. The NFL draft isn't for a couple of months. He's got a combine to go through. But look, this story is attached to his name. And I think, look, as soon as you get a questionable character asterisk next to your name, Mm -hmm. that's a problem for you. It's a black mark against you in the NFL. But look, if people then view it a certain way as to say, look, this guy was so sincere and was able to be duped in, and his religion made him that type of person with compassion and you know, thinking about others and putting others before him. Maybe it spins out. We shall see. But I think what he has done, he's tried to get out of this away now, distance himself between this and the NFL combine, and we shall see. But you really, really feel for the guy. Mm. You know, there's a young kid here who's, you know, who's, going, who's having a lot of problems and just hopefully puts it behind him, goes on to have a great career, and we all move on. We talked about it on the on the day it actually leaked. We, I, I jokingly said that the NFL uh, combine, the the research that they go into people is only second to what the FBI probably do when they want to hire you. They will find out anything. Like some of the questions that they've asked players included, is your mother a prostitute? So so it was going to come out at some point, obviously. But but you're right. Hopefully there's been enough time between it coming out now and the combine that he can sort of pick up his career and pick up where he left off. It, it obviously goes to show that in the championship game that he that he wasn't very good. That he obviously had his mind on other than matters. Very much so. In terms of other quick NFL news to cover quickly, all the coaching spots are now filled. Most high profile, well, a couple of high profile ones. Chip Kelly did a U-turn. Mm-hmm. He's now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. After all that flirting, he finally decided to get into bed with the Eagles. Yes, he did. Going to be one of the most high-paid coaches in the NFL. Um, He's going to be coming in and taking on what is a pretty terrible Eagles team. Some decisions to make around Michael Vick. Some decisions to make around Nick Folds and what he does with that team and does with that offense. Mm -hmm. And also, quite surprisingly, Mark Tressman came down and from the CFL and is going to be taking on one of the... Most high-pressure jobs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Lovey Smith's job at the Chicago Bears. Interesting thing I need to ask you, James. Lovey Smith did not take the Bears into the playoffs, did not take them into, to, to the level that they should be with the players that they have. Why hasn't he been hired by another NFL team already? He's still a good coach. Of the coaches that were made available from the coaches that were removed from their position this season into the vacant spots. The only one that's been rehired has been Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. And also what we haven't seen is, based on the Rooney rule, any coaches, uh, any African-American coaches yeah. um, put in any positions. And some people are disappointed by that. But I think, and I'm coming at this and I'm interested to get your point. And yeah. I wanted to talk to Adam Goldstein about it when I saw it for this. Because like, he's also a Bears and Spurs fan. Mm-hmm. For me... Harry Redknapp situation, Lovey Smith situation, Ooh. very similar. Think Ooh. about it. Ooh, I like this. Think about yeah. it, right? So two alleged, quote-unquote, big teams, mm-hmm. two teams that had a great start to the season. We're talking yeah. about last season. for sorry. Great start to the season. Mm-hmm. Had a slump. Yes. Kind of resurrected it to the end. Mm-hmm. 
a play goes one way. Spurs are in the Champions League. A yeah. play goes one way. The Green Bay beat the Vikes and the Bears are in the playoffs. Popular guy with the media. Popular guy with the fans. Doesn't pay taxes. Completely divided. I just think the stories... I just thought about it this week. The stories are very similar. They are. And I think you're going to have divided in the same way that you have with Harry Radner at Spurs. Is you're going to have 50% of the fans are like, yeah, we should have stuck with him. 50% are like, no, we should be in the Super Bowl every season and we need an elite coach to get us there. Yeah. So it's a tough one. Thought he'd be picked up again like Harry Redknapp, not picked up straight away. I will say this, uh, this, this Trisman fellow, he, he was hired by the Montreal Alouettes uh, and they were a very good team at the time and he made them into a great team. So obviously he's got a, a particular certain set of skills that the Bears think that think that he can help them elevate themselves to, you know, Super Bowl contenders. Right, guest time on this week's North London 40. We are absolutely delighted to welcome two of the main men from NFL in London, Wade McElwain and Ryan Cole. Lads, welcome to North London 40. Thanks for having us. Hooray. We're hungover. Our guests perform best when they're hungover, so you're in the pocket perfectly. Yeah, we actually don't know any other way to perform (laughs) other than hungover. It's just a state of mind now. Pretty much from uh, from shakes to shakes. That's pretty much how we operate. It, it worked for Shane McGowan. He's he's still performing successfully. So lads, we're basking in two pretty interesting games from last night. We have the Ravens. We have the 49ers. We have Harbaugh in the Super Bowl. Let's you just knew take... they were just going to come up with something beyond like Brangelina. You knew they were going to be Harbaugh. That's all you're going to hear now. Trying to be clever. But what's, but what's the official? It is a great thing, though. It is a great thing to have brother versus brother. to give that. That's why everyone wanted the Mannings to play each other. But brother versus brother coaching is pretty awesome. It's like a game of risk. Brother versus brother that's, gone, that's going to the next level. So it's. Uh, so do we like Bro Bowl? Do we like Harbowl? Do we not care? I like Harbowl. Harbowl is the one it's, they're going to go with. But they all—all all those names are stupid. But it just gives it that—that—that that, uh, that thing you can put in the newspaper, that headline. So let's go with it, Harbaugh. Absolutely, we love a story. So let's let's talk about the first game. Let's talk about how Jim got there. First of all, the 49ers beat the Falcons, 17 points down. Guys, how did the Niners end up winning that game? He's your boy, the Bears. Uh, the Bears extracted Jim Harbaugh. So uh, let's go with you, Wade. Uh, I think they just outthought them. Uh, if you look at the way that they played, it looked like Atlanta came out with a game plan. They executed it well. They scored points. You know, a lot of t- these times the teams telegraph the plays ahead of time. They knew what they needed to beat the 49ers with. They used those plays and executed them. And then Harbaugh outthought them. Uh, I sort of likened him to the Borg. He just sort of adapted, overcame, saw the mistakes they were making, and then Kaepernick went to work and started picking them apart. And they just uh, started playing too uh, too deep in the safety, and they just started cutting them apart. So... It was uh, executed very well, and they came back, and at the end, Matt Ryan just couldn't do it, and they couldn't get their running game together, so they lost. Well, well, Colin Kaepernick was unbelievable. Everyone was always worried about his feet, and they're saying that's kind of the thing they did. Everyone was worried, oh, how many yards is he going to run? He barely run, and he beat him with his arm, and I think that that was the perfect game plan right there. And then you got a guy, Jim Harbaugh, young, innovative head coach, has taken this team from disaster in three years, turned him into a complete 
monster. And you got on the other side, you got Mike Smith, who just, is this the guy that everyone's saying, like, can he take him to the next level? Because this is two weeks in a row, they came off to an early big lead and then let it slip through their fingers. Two weeks in a row, Seattle came back, they did win that game, but people are now going to be saying, is Mike Smith the guy to lead the team? I don't actually think, he seems too old, he looks old. Is what I'm saying. So I don't think he's the the right coach. You got a great you got a great nucleus right here, but this is a team that's only going to have like a couple more years, and then it turns into that like, oh, where did, where are they going to go? Matt Ryan's getting older. You know, they got the weapons, but I don't know if Mike Smith. What do you think? Do you think Mike Smith's? Yeah, I think one of the things that we try to talk about on this podcast to to the British fans of this sport is trying to focus on the importance of coaching in this game. I can't think of a game where, or a sport that's out there where coaching plays more of an importance. I think, Ryan, you make a great point where you highlight one coach which is being upheralded for incredible decisions around strategy and the way that he plays the game, which is Jim Harbour, versus Mike Smith, who not only this year but in previous years has been made a bit of a scapegoat based on decisions that he's made. So I think that if you want to see an example of coaching, impact an organization, look at this 49ers. Now, Colin Kaepernick aside and a couple of pickups, this is kind of the same roster that Mike Singletary had when he was at the Niners and they were a terrible, terrible team. Lots of talk already about who is the most valuable person on this whole organization. Jim Harbaugh, this is a, a coaching tour de force from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, it totally is, and he's put the, the team together. He's got them really focused. It takes a lot of balls to bench your starter and, and put in a backup. Uh, but he recognized that that was what the team needed uh, to get ahead. And uh, it was a good decision, obviously, because uh, Kaepernick is is uh, torching people. So it's just a matter of seeing what he can do against this Baltimore defense coming up in the Super Bowl. Let's talk about Kaepernick briefly. All eyes were on Big Cap going into the game. And, Ryan, you touched upon it. I think one of the things that not only surprised but also delighted fans of Colin Kaepernick, the Niners, and the sport in general was that he played two exceptional games back-to-back but two different games. I don't think I've seen that in a player playing in that position for a while. It really, really stood out for me. What's going to happen now is that he's kind of changing the way people are perceiving the – just like guys like RG3, it's now turning into can your quarterback – if your quarterback can't run as well, is he he going to be – the pocket passer seems like it's dying in a way. Um, Even guys like Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck runs – he's not fast, but he makes a lot of plays with his feet. It's just kind of the way it's going. There's not going to be too many of the classic, you know, drop back passers. And everyone kind of wants that guy in their team, the Kaepernick, who can make plays with his feet. As a Bills fan, I would die for like, it just reminds me of when I dug Flutie, how much fun it was, you know, watching him run around the field. It was amazing. And then I've just sat through just pure shit for 10 years. So I'm kind of hoping the Bills go in that direction. Let's get someone fast, exciting, that you have to game plan. And then when you got a running back like Frank Gore, as well, and then you have Kaepernick running. It just makes his job so easy. How important do you think the fact that the Falcons didn't have a running threat in the second half of that game dictated the result? Yeah, definitely. Like Michael Turner, Michael Turner is getting old now. Michael Turner is that kind of pudgy looking, right? He looks like he's out of shape, basically, and he's just going out there. He's just not the same guy. They don't have that backup, you know, and I, I just kind of what hurt them. Then Matt Ryan's throwing 52 times a game. You know, they got those Roddy White and Julia Jones on the side. Like, that's the best receiving core in the NFL. You don't really technically need a running game, but then in the playoffs, you know, when you got to control the clock and everything like that, you got to have the running game. 
But you do, and I think you both make great points there in the way that Matt Ryan, stereotypical, drop-back passer, great arm, puts up great statistics, Julio Jones, Roddy White, excellent deep threats. Julio Jones had a fantastic game. Congrats on anyone that bet the over on yardage for Julio Jones. But was it down to the fact that, look, they executed those stereotypical NFL playoff executional options but then didn't have that extra X factor that a Colin Kaepernick had to add to their game plan. To me, that seems like the difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've only got a certain weapons in the, in the arsenal. And, I mean, that's the thing about having a running quarterback like Kaepernick is that he can just he can decide to go. And they don't have that option. Matt Ryan just can't decide to run. Once you negate Julio Jones, and like they did last night, uh, you know, they played them with, with a bit of a cushion at the earlier in the first two halves and then didn't. They didn't even have, like, they couldn't even get a step on him. You see how many balls were swatted down, how many times that Matt Ryan just couldn't get the ball to them. They played them a lot tighter in the, in the defense, and then they were able to then build and get the momentum on their own and adapt, and they, they just didn't have an answer for it. And, you know, you can put up all those points, but then you've got to be able to defend and hold off the lead, and that, that seems to be, as, as Ryan mentioned, that was the problem they had last week as well. If you're going to build up a big lead, you better have the tools to be able to shut someone down, and they just didn't have that answer to be able to shut them down. So the Niners looking extremely impressive going into the dance in two weeks' time. Guys... Give us your take on the Niners. Are they legit? Do they have any weaknesses? They go into this game. We'll talk about Lions in a bit. They go into this game. Four-point favorite over the Ravens. What's your take on the Niners? How can they be beat or can they be beat? You know what? This is going to be one of those. This is actually the best scenario out of the four teams, I think, that we could have seen. Yep. See, and uh, this is the best matchup. This is the best kind of evenly matchup. This is kind of a, a cool game in the uh, regards to, yeah, quarterbacks, like, Joe Flacco, this is a great chance for Joe Flacco. Now, finally, after being like, is he the guy? Is he the guy? But just Kaepernick's just the the sexy pick that everyone kind of just wants to see him just go out there. Everyone wants that storyboard of like a player goes down, he comes in, he's trying to be like the next Tom Brady. That's Everyone wants the next Tom Brady. Everyone loves their backup quarterback. Because usually most people hate their starting quarterback, and everyone wants. Not sure Bears fans do, but anyway, yeah. But like, <laughs> like you, as a Bills fan, I've always kind of had hope for the backup. He never does anything, but you kind of always hope that one time this guy is going to come in and take you to the next level. That's what Colin Kaepernick did. Again, the one problem I'm seeing with uh, everyone's talking about San Francisco's defense, but they haven't been getting to the quarterback that much in this playoffs. Alden Smith had what 13 games? He had like 20 sacks, and in the playoffs, the last six games, he has zero sacks. So he's not getting there. So that's kind of everyone's been originally in the season it was all about the Niners defense. And now it's about Colin Kaepernick. And I think if the Niners defense can step up, then I don't see how they can be stopped. That's why they, but I'm always wrong. So I don't even know why every time I choose the team, I guarantee you, whoever we choose, I am going to just go with the opposite. Basically heard it, heard it here, listeners. That's your Super Bowl pick right there. I think when you look at exactly what uh, Baltimore did to New England, it's exactly what Atlanta should have done. You know, you know, New England has these tools that they can come back and they can drill you, and that's sort of they, they are a sort of second-half team. And Baltimore negated all of that. They built up the lead, and then they just kept adding to the cushion. And obviously I think that the big problem that San Francisco is going to have is, is Rice. You know, if he starts getting going, you're not going to be able to stop the momentum, and they're going to be able to have the tools to give Flacco to be able to open up. Baltimore is a great running game. And they have the ability to really not only take the lead like they could do against San Francisco, uh, like uh, Atlanta did against San Francisco, take an early lead and then hold it off. And, um, you know, then San Francisco will be in trouble. I actually kind of like, you know, this is obviously early stages, but I really actually like Baltimore right now going into it. I think what they did to New England 
uh, dismantling them and then building a cushion on. Uh, they were able to do that to a lot of teams, and they've really built the confidence. And Flacco just seems to have more confidence in himself now. And he's sort of been the uh, the ugly sister that's never made it to the dance, and, and now it looks like he's going to make it to the dance. So you know, maybe it's the start of a little uh, a dynasty for him. He has made it to the dance, and the reason he's made it to the dance is because his Baltimore Ravens beat the heavily favored. This line went up to nine and a half points yesterday. New England Patriots, 28 points to 13, and Joe Flacco much discussed. And again, if you want to benchmark how a quarterback performs, taking statistics out of it, looking at what the true measurement is. In this sport, it's about the amount of playoff games this quarterback can win on the road. This guy just set an NFL record for the amount of playoff wins he's won on the road. He is now the real deal and was phenomenal in this game last night. Absolutely. And the great thing is he did what um, what everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people do, is you had a great year in your contract year, basically. He didn't want to talk contract in the in the season and now what a beautiful decision to be like no we're gonna i'll show you how when we renegotiate after i take you to the super bowl which is the best thing because flacco's been kind of that guy no one believes in i never believed in him uh i always thought he's that guy like he's good but he's not great and he can't take you to that next level he's just going to put up the numbers but yeah like he just five years in a row always wins a playoff game always gets there what more do you really want from the guy it's just the classic baltimore baltimore's always had the game man, it's always been about the defense. It's always been about Ray Lewis. That's who Baltimore is. So Joe Flacco, now this is his chance, Ray Lewis leaving. This is a chance to now say, you know, this is my team now. But to do that, he's got to win a Super Bowl. So what do you think? What do you think of Flacco now? Look, it's an interesting mix because you're right. We're in a situation where Baltimore fans especially were like, we've got this great defense. We're going to achieve these things with this great defense. Joe Flacco or whoever is playing quarterback – the pressure is on you not to screw it up for us. And the world has evolved and it's moved on where the defense doesn't have that pedigree and overall aura that it had before. So the pressure comes on Flacco to actually go out and deliver and make plays. And, you know, not only this week, but last week also, two consecutive games on the road. He's won playoff games, looked extremely convincing. He's shown himself to be the real deal. His decision-making, his leadership, his poise... He's really executed similar analogy to last year with Eli, start of the season. He was asked if he was an elite quarterback. He says he was. Everybody mumbled under their breath and thought, we don't agree. But he's put himself in that position with, in terms of clutch road performances, he's really, really stood up. And watching the game last night, I think you had a lot of confidence in him. He was going to get do what was necessary to get that team in the end zone. Yeah, and he just kept pushing it too. You know, it, it's they weren't satisfied, and and but in the second half, I mean, it was a total testament to him. I mean, they were able to shut down everything that New England was throwing at them. The defense really just stepped the hell up. I mean, obviously, I think having Ray Lewis back really big inspiration for them. Not just the motivation. I mean, anyone who's seen listen to Ray Lewis speak, he's such a motivational speaker uh, that I'm sure he's he's just put the zip in it. The defense is now firing. The offense is firing. He's brimming with confidence. And they've been unstoppable in the past few games, and they keep, you know, they keep being disrespected in terms of, you know, the uh, the line on them, and they just keep proving people wrong. As you said, it was a nine-point game. Look what they did. They decimated the team. They decimated the whole uh, New England team. They get, Belichick had nothing to come back at them with. This was a terrible team going into the postseason. Lost all forms of momentum. This team looked like it might not even make the playoffs. They made a change at the OC. 
from Jim Caldwell. Took some shots for his play calling last week, but yeah, he had a great game yesterday. I think this is maybe why people are still a little bit down on this team. I think if you go back, again, there's two key decisions here for both teams, it seems to me, that really shifted things. Kaepernick for the Niners coming in, and Ray Lewis for the Baltimore Ravens going out. We're going to look back at that and say, see how the fortunes of that team changed post that. Do you remember their last game of the regular season against the Cincinnati Bengals? You probably yeah. don't remember it. It was that bad. It was an absolute horror show. So since then, Ray came out. They've read that momentum, started executing, and now they're a team that, look, people really believe in them. They're a great pick for the yeah. Super Bowl. And it's not It's not like with Ray Lewis. Uh, it's not like he's going out there making plays all over the field. It's not even really about his ability because that's declined. It's and It should decline. He's, what, 7th, 15th year in the league He's just been a beast, but it's what he brings to that team. Like, just listening to him speak. I wish he could speak to me every time I go out at, like, just go to go do something, just to get me motivated. Because just listening to him, he brings that element that no other player in the league can do. And when your team, he believes in that team so much, and then you have the rest of the team being like, hey, this is Ray's last chance. Let's get him to a Super Bowl so he can do his little dance out on the uh, on the Super Bowl field to lead his team out there. And how great is that going to be? Watching Ray Lewis bring his team out in the Super Bowl. That's all I really wanted to see. That's why I'm kind of cheering for him because say what you want about him. You can't doubt I'm his ability. That. I'm not saying No, that. that's it. Nobody wants to say anything about him, but, uh, he's unbelievable. You got to cheer for Ray Lewis. You can't not love Ray Lewis if you're a football fan because he's everything football is about. He absolutely is. He blessed his country with his visit a couple of months ago when he went and came and saw the London Warriors. That was fantastic. Uh, Ray Lewis, a football life. You have to watch that. If you haven't seen it already, it tells you all you need to know about this sport, about this player, what he represents to this team, to this nation, and, and his achievements. And moving on to the big game, two weeks' time, we have the Ravens, four-point underdogs against the 49ers. Let's talk about it. Who do you guys like in the game? Uh, I like Baltimore right now. Uh, I think the way that they played, I think that the pressure that they were able to generate on top of Brady and the offense, uh, I think the defense, they just, they have it all. And I mean, San Francisco, you know, look at what Atlanta did to them. They found their weaknesses right off the get-go. They exploited them. Uh, they just didn't, weren't able to capitalize on it. And I think Baltimore did the same thing to New England, but were able to hold them. So, so far, I actually like Baltimore. I think that they have all the tools. I think that their running game is something that San Francisco is going to have a hard time dealing with. Because um, San Francisco hasn't, you know, they're able to shut down Lynch, but um, you know that Seattle didn't have as many weapons as, as Baltimore does. So so far, I'm uh, I'm I'm plugging for the the Ravens. But I I'm, my prediction is a Harbaugh is going to win. <laughs> going out on a limb on that one. This is a tough one actually because it's San Francisco in the Super Bowl, and San Francisco, they're undefeated in the Super Bowl, right? They've never lost. Correct. The Super Bowl. So they got that that just aura to them whenever you see San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Again, this is going to come down to a lot of people say it's going to be who's yeah who's the better Harbaugh, I think. I think John Harbaugh's been in the league longer, but Jim Harbaugh just has something to him that he just motivates his team. He's just gotten so much out of these guys in the last couple of years and has turned this team around into something which where John Harbaugh is kind of like he's just kept the team at the same kind of level. He's never really – this is now his chance to go to the next level. But I'm actually going to go – San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to – but I think it's going to be a close. I don't think anyone's going to cover the spread. I think this is going to come down to a last play of the game, like a field goal or something like that. But I want to go for Ray Lewis. I really want to see him go out on top. My heart will be with Ray Lewis, but my mind is going San Francisco. 
The Super Bowl is unique in this country. It's a game that a lot of Brits only watch one game a year, and this is the Super Bowl. Gambling is obviously a very important part of any sport in this country. It adds a very entertaining aspect to it. If you guys wanted to recommend a bet for that, how would you guys recommend the line? Where do you see money? You talk about the spread. I always go for the coin toss, personally, to okay. make all my money. So I always go heads. I don't think you can bet on that. You can actually bet on what song the band is going to open up with. And it's like a line. in Vegas. You can bet on so many things in Vegas on this game. It's unbelievable. So, uh, But, no, I would, go, um, I would go Baltimore to cover the spread. That would be my, my best pick. I think it's going to be a close game. Again, I can see Baltimore winning. So, yeah, that, that's a nice little generous spread because a field goal, the four line, I always like that. Two and a half is my favorite line. But uh, I, I'm going to actually go, yeah, Baltimore to cover the spread. That would be my best bet. You can bet on anything. It's just fun. If you're in Vegas, you can bet on, you know, what color panties the cheerleaders are wearing. Yeah. Uh, black and purple. If, um, if any. Well, if like any, it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. Now, that's a Super Bowl. Uh, whether we're going to see a nipple come out this year again. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think the over-under will be quite interesting because, uh, you know, I think I haven't seen what the point spread is or for the over-under yet, but I think that it's – I think we actually could see quite a few points in this. Sometimes, you know, the Super Bowl, people play really it's cautious. 48 and a half. 48 and a half. Wow. Hmm. I could see it. I could see it being over that. Uh, only because I think historically people have played it safe. I don't think these two brothers are going to play it safe. I think they're both going to be gunslinging for each other. So I think the first half. I'd be interesting to see. Be another bet who's going to win at the first at, at the at the half. But I think there's going to have a lot of points put up, and I could see the first half generating quite a few points. So that's something I would be looking to bet on. And um, how many Papa John's pizza commercials we're going to see with uh, Peyton Manning in them? <laughs> Fat bastard. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have your uh, your pick for the Super Bowl. No, are you, are you saving it? Are for, you saving for, it for a future podcast? For a reason. I'm, I'm somebody that I like to change my mind multiple times leading up leading up to the game, but it's a really really tough one. It is, uh, and I want to see want to see where the line goes. I think the line's maybe going to go down. I think how much talk is then generated about the Ravens and by Ray Lewis. I mean, he's going to be a, a, a moving media machine during this. But the thing that's left an impact on me more than anything, and I know Ray Lewis was huge, has been the performance of Colin Kaepernick, mostly last week. As that's just left a mark with me. I just think that's one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen by a player in the last 15 years. If I want to bet on something... I want to bet on that because if he can deliver at that level, I don't think there's any team out there that can beat him. But that said, the intangibles of the Ray Lewis situation, and I wish Joe Flacco all the best. Look, I'm, I'm really being political here, but <laughs> I like Kaepernick. I like the Niners. That's where I'm at. There we go. Two Niners, one Baltimore. But I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of opinions divided on this as we, as we, as we lead up to the game. Just so everyone knows, now we've got the next two weeks before we have a Super Bowl. Super Bowl takes place on Sunday the 3rd of February. So we've got two weeks of constant media analysis. So now is your time if you want to get stuck into all that. We have the Pro Bowl next week. I wouldn't necessarily recommend, recommend <laughs> no, God, no. watching you know, that. I wouldn't recommend any players playing in it, to be honest. I don't know why anyone would play in the Pro Bowl. Why would you risk your career on a stupid game like that? Well, you get an all-expenses-paid trip away from your missus they're and your already, kids, yeah, They're right? already rich enough. They don't. They, they can afford a trip to Hawaii. I guess. I guess it's just. A I don't think. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's. I think it's, uh, it's called the Mistress Bowl, and that's where the players get to take their mistresses, say goodbye to them for the season, trade them in, and then hopefully trade in for a younger model, go to Hawaii, 
all the Hooters girls are there, and they can uh, trade in for a younger version. Leave the leave the wife and kids at home. You go, let's let's talk about this for a sec. So you guys have obviously been into this sport for eons. You've got the two other major sports in the U.S. Major League Baseball and NBA, who make such an enormous deal of All-Star Weekend. It's such a media event. It's so successful. It has so much attention. It generates so much interest for the league. Whereas you have the Pro Bowl, where the NFL is trying things out, trying to come up with a formula that works, but still the ratings for it are terrible. No one's really interested. What do they do with this game? Um, you, you could also put it at a different time of year. You know, like the problem is... Is that people are really, you know, when you've got that week before the Super Bowl, everyone just cares about the Super Bowl. They don't care about the best of playing in a really no-contact kind of game, you know, because people don't really try hard in it. So maybe you do it with no uh, no padding on. Maybe you play it, you know, just something like that where it's like a flag kind of a game. Change it up a bit um, or just do something different. But, you know, if you're if you're doing it, particularly in Hawaii, as you say, like an all-star game, they do that halfway through the season, and it's done in a city it's chosen by a city, so then that city goes nuts for it. Whereas in Hawaii, people go nuts because they're on the beach. So, you know, it's it's not really a big thing. It's more just a fluff piece for them than anything. Yeah, interested to see how the future of that particular game pans out, I guess. But next couple of weeks, it's going to be full-on Super Bowl prep. We're going to be doing podcasts about all sorts of Super Bowl-related stuff. Just, I guess, guys... Before we kind of leave the Super Bowl, your reflection on the season as a whole, it's been a fantastic season of the NFL, 2012-2013. The Super Bowl aside, I guess, what are going to be the key things that you're going to remember for this season? It's Yeah, it has been amazing. It's crazy how fast the NFL season goes by, I always find. It's just unbelievable. Um, the things that I loved this season, uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning was amazing. Nice to see him come back and just be even better yep. than he was before. So it's nice to see him on another team. And then again, the, the RG3, Andrew Luck, those two. Russell Wilson. And Russ, and Russell Wilson. Yeah, actually, even more so Russell Wilson, you're right. Those rookie quarterbacks coming in and just showing like they're pros, basically. Uh, that's been the nicest thing to see. For, for a t- guy who has a team who needs a quarterback desperately, it's nice to see these rookies come in and be like, it never even changed. Like basically, this is a new game. It's not, the learning curve is, is, getting smaller for quarterbacks and there's less time and people are impatient now no one wants to sit a guy for three years and let him develop you know there's not that it's too impatient of a league so i think the development and the the rookies coming in and peyton manning were the two best things i liked about this year for me the the i don't have a lot of memories because i drank pretty much every game so it's always amazing when i watch the games i'm like did i see that game for me it was the, obviously <laughs> the season's the, actually happened wade is, it, is it done yeah, it's, it's not yeah. week one guys yeah. what happened my liver's killing me obviously for me a bears fan to watch us get off to a great start and then screw it all up uh, i think there's a lot of questions that i have in terms of that I think there's also a, starting to see a divide in the league. I mean, I think there's a few teams that really need to step up their game. Uh, Jacksonville, Kansas City, uh, teams like that that have to make some moves because uh, Jacksonville's been sort of a perennial loser uh, for such a long time, and they need to do something. You know, they've got a there's a couple teams that I think they're just they're going to be stuck in a dynasty of shit unless they're willing to make some changes. It was interesting to see New York, uh, the ups and downs that they had with so many injuries, they were winning so many games. Then they get guys healthy again, and then they start losing games. Um, so, you know, as Ryan mentioned, uh, Peyton stepping in. Denver, I think, again, will be coming back next year hungry. They're going to fix a lot of things. So it'll be interesting to see, I think, even next season and, and sort of how the uh, Patriots adjust as well. Uh, they are a dynasty, I think. A lot of people are saying is the dynasty over. They'll be back, and they're, I think they're a really tough team. 
So it'll be interesting to see also the kind of rookies that come in and what people do and the kind of moves that get made. Uh, because, you know, there has been sort of this push, as Ryan said, with running quarterbacks and these rookie quarterbacks. It's just a matter of what's going to happen next and what, what are teams going to do to sort of up their game for next season. Definitely. And I think, look, you know, we can all be confident that this season is a good investment in the future. These changes that we start to see. Jim Harbaugh's decision to start Colin Kaepernick, the, the way this league has gone previously, it's been making conservative decisions with conservative-type players. I think we all want to see exciting players. They put bums on seats. They sell tickets. They sell game passes, and that's a great thing for all. I think we've also seen some great games, some exciting finishes, some brilliant stories as well. You mentioned Peyton Manning. Adrian Peterson was a great story oh, yeah. as well. Ray Lewis. We love these stories. And overall, I think anyone that's invested time in the NFL this season can have absolutely zero complaints. Jacksonville fans potentially, but you're fine because you get a game in London, so that's going to appease you. But everyone else has been, you know, there's been a lot there for everyone, and it's been brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah, it's the best league in the world. It's so competitive. You never know who's going to win. It's not like... It's not like baseball where there's four teams going in it. That's why that's why the NFL is so great. The the salary cap, the parity, and I think we're going to see too is which I am finally excited about is the the younger coaches coming in. Teams are now starting to shy away from from the old retreads, the the 60 year old coaches, this experience that people always talked about. People now want fresh ideas. They want guys like Chip Kelly from Oregon with their spread offense. People want to see just different stuff. And now we're starting to see the end of these guys like Chan Gailey's, and we're starting to see let's go into the college ranks. Let's get some new ideas. So that's exciting for the NFL going forward for me. We've got the big game to go. It's on the 3rd of February. Guys, you're putting on an event in London under the NFL in London moniker. Take this opportunity to tell the listeners of the podcast a little bit more about NFL in London and a little bit more about your event you're putting on for the Super Bowl and also why fans in London and England should make the effort to come out for the Super Bowl and the experience and what it's all about. Well, NFL in London is uh, Ryan and I run at the Sports Bar and Grill in Marlebone Station. Uh, we just wanted it as a club where people could not only hang out and watch the uh, NFL, but also have sort of a North American kind of feel to it. So everyone's quite friendly, as, as you'll uh, attest, I think, James. Good food, and then we put on stand-up comedy at halftime, which started as sort of a weird proposition. Last year has sort of grown, 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 and grown, and now we're packed every week. And so for the Super Bowl, we are going to pack it even bigger. So we're going to do a full stand-up comedy show bar tab giveaways, some NFL trivia, and then, of course, the big game will be open late. So great comedy. We've got Dave Fulton, uh, Tom Rhodes, who was there last night, is going to be back, and a couple other special guests. And uh, it's all going to kick off at around uh, stand-up show starts at 10. The doors will open at 9. So we'll be open very late. Go to NFLInLondon.com or find us on Facebook, NFL in London, to get tickets. You guys are experienced Super Bowl event putter honors and attendees. Why, if people haven't been to a Super Bowl before, maybe they haven't been out to the bars, maybe they watched the game at home, they haven't been out to bars and events, why is this the one they should go out to? Why should they go out and get their friends together and maybe meet other fans? And what may, What's so special about that Super Bowl experience? It's because it's so over the top. It's so big. It's so... Here, it's, it's the Super Bowl. There's just something about it that's great. It's something I'm never gonna miss. Like, it's just that thing in your life. It's what gets people together. People come together. Kind of like in the way, uh, the World Cup, when, when England has a big game, you go down to the pub, you go with your mates, you don't watch it at You leave home. disappointed. Yeah, you yeah. leave disappointed, you know, but this is just something to see. You don't even need, like, the Super Bowl's in the last, 
you know, there was a span in the 90s, uh, I think Daryl Johnson was even talking about it, where just every Super Bowl was a blowout for about a good 10-year yep. span. And it was really not the greatest game. It kind of became a joke in a way. And in the last six or seven years, we've experienced some of the best Super Bowls of all time and just the way it's been going. And if you're ever going to get into football, what better way to start? You watch the Super Bowl. That's how you get into football. You don't, don't watch the Pro Bowl and say, <laughs> I'm going to get into football. It's the Super Bowl. It's the one game a year. Don't be one of those people. It's like, I watch it for the commercials. Don't be one of those people. It's just, yeah, it's, it's the Super Bowl. You gotta watch it. Ray Lewis, if you're gonna watch it for any reason, come see Ray Lewis's final game and watch him do his little dance and you'll see why he's so great. Yeah, I think part of it, it's the social atmosphere of it. I mean, Ryan's a Bills fan. I'm a Bears fan. And I think it's just, it's about the social atmosphere of everyone getting together. Everyone who supports different teams is all there. It's a culmination of the end of the season. And for people who maybe aren't as big into football, it's a good way to learn and also chat with people. But also you get to see, like, the great thing about the NFL is the social experience of, of just hanging out with people and, you know, talking about the game, talking bullshit, having food, and uh, hanging out. And obviously for us is we love to do that. We, we have so many great friends that come down, uh, good food, and, uh, yeah, just about hanging out, having some beers, and, and talking about the game. And hopefully we'll get some of the American feed going in, too, so we don't have to see some of the crappy commercials over here. <laughs> or you could watch it on BBC where it's commercial free but there you go Ryan Wade NFL in London their analysis on the Super Bowl you can go check them out NFLinLondon.com you can lads thank you ever so much for taking time oh, to come on the podcast oh thanks for having us right so thanks to Wade thanks to Ryan from NFL in London for coming on and helping us break down what happened in two amazing games yep last night and to preview the Super Bowl talking about the Super Bowl it's extremely important. It is now the climax of what has been a wonderful season. Mm-hmm. And for you, it's important that you figure out how you consume it. Yes. You've got more options to consume this game than you do with any of the other games in the season. So it's great. So, you know, it's a chance for you to think about how you want to consume it. We recommend watching it with your mates. Mm-hmm. We recommend watching it and fully taking it all in. All the pregame, all the halftime, oh, all the bravado, definitely. all that type of stuff. So you've got mm-hmm. a few options. Get some food rounds, some kegs. We'll be putting up some food recipes on the Tumblr, so uh, in case you're having a party at home, check those out. Try to immerse yourself in all of it, exactly. This is a cultural thing, right? Food, bikini bowl, the yeah. puppy bowl. Puppy bowl, yeah. All, that. all this type of stuff. Gambling, adverts, the whole nine. And now you get to a point, actually, that one of the things that has changed is they start to preview the ads on YouTube all yeah. week and we, stuff. We posted the, the Taco Bell ad uh, on the Tumblr last week already. So, you've got a few options. Sky Sports, who have been your friend throughout the season, will be showing the Super Bowl. Yes. They'll be out in New Orleans showing the Super Bowl. So, that'll be good. The BBC will be sending a crew to New Orleans, and they'll be showing the game live on BBC. Yes. Mike Carlson will be there doing the coverage of BBC. So, you've got a terrestrial TV option, mm-hmm. and you've got a Sky option. Both be showing them in HD, so that's brilliant. You can obviously... Seek out the American coverage if you want to use the dark arts yes. and you want to see that as well, but obviously wouldn't officially recommend that. Lots of options for you in London as well. And, you know, throughout the country as well, hopefully we can only really talk about it from a London perspective. That's mm-hmm. really what we've seen to go out and see the game out and about with your friends, collect your crew. The NFL are back with their Super Bash. I think the closing date to get your submissions in for free tickets is today. Mm-hmm. So check this podcast and get that in. So they are back with their Super Bash. It's moving to Coco this year. North London venue, love that. Yep. 
Cosine to Coco. It's a brilliant venue. If you haven't been to Coco before, check it out. It's wonderful. See some great gigs there. Many but, teenage memories for me. Absolutely. It's a really, really cool place. Um, so they'll be showing their Super Bash there. They haven't revealed who the special guests are. They haven't as yet, but expect the usual quality of NFL entertainment down there. There'll probably be some ex-pros. I think there's some free drinks and stuff. So it's a free application on the NFL website. So strongly recommend that you do that. Yes. The number one sports bar in Moorgate, as we were there last night, they were back with another Super Bowl party. My friends Adam Goldstein, TM Football guys are down there, hosting, doing some stuff down there. So, great place to watch American football, for sure, down there. And as the guys mentioned earlier, NFL in London, they'll be doing their thing over in West London. You want some comedy thrown in there as well, you want a different experience added to that so you've got that option and there's other stuff as well our friends at the London Blitz they've got a party over at the Roadhouse so um, go check those guys out so, so lots of options for you the one thing you should not do you should not miss this opportunity no. it is going to be a fantastic Super Bowl yes it's not going to be a blowout it's going to be super close great game important thing about the Super Bowl I know that we are not going to actually be in New Orleans itself the host city plays such an important part of it now think of it New Orleans Mardi Gras partying beads Women showing their lady parts, for lack of a better term. It's going to be amazing. And that atmosphere is just going to filter on through into the stadium. It's going to be great. It absolutely is. And that's the thing that we've neglected to mention. You know, if you are going to go ham and get a ticket, great. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're looking at about 3,000 US dollars to get you in the venue. Um, Have a look on Seatwave. They'll have tickets on there for sure. And, yeah, if you want to go HAM, then that's the way to do it. And and that's an experience that neither of us have done as yet, going to watch the Super Bowl. So that would be the obviously the best way to do it, Mm -hmm. um, apart from watching it with your friends. We'll be doing a pod next week. We'll be helping to build up the Super Bowl. Uh, We've got some great special guests lined up for next week as well. Beyonce. Yep, she'll be there. Mm-hmm. She'll be there. We'll, we'll, we'll be with she'll you. Be on the pod. We'll be with you on our Twitter, on our Tumblr, doing podcasts. We might try and squeeze in an extra podcast as well. Lots of people to talk to, lots of opinion to get out there. So, yeah, so stay locked in. 17 weeks, three weeks of playoffs. We're now coming through to the big dance. Pro Bowl next week, mm-hmm. as we mentioned. So there is a game. Uh, we took a bit of a dump on the Pro Bowl. But, you know, if you still want to get your NFL fixed, then, then go ahead and watch it. You'll see some of your favorite favorite players kind of playing against each other. Yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe take this time in between now and the Super Bowl to maybe watch the Ray Lewis of Football Life. Maybe go back and watch all the Football Life. Maybe go back and watch the league as well. Really immerse yourself in all the NFL and all of its joy. Absolutely. And if you're about to watch the game and you're thinking, right, I want to get boned up. I want to make sure that I could understand this game and, and I'm not... And, um, yeah, go back in some of our previous pods, some of our early pods. We've got some beginners pods that talk about it. Lots of resources out there in the in the NFL. But I think the great thing about this, and we talked about it earlier, understand the backstories. Yeah. And it's the Harbors, and it's Ray Lewis, and it's Big Cap. Those are the three stories that just make this into a magical, magical occasion. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we have been North London 40. It has been a brilliant fun as per normal. You will hear from us next week. Take care.